Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the Eastern Conference playoff teams, one to eight, uh, looking at what they need, not only to win this first round series, because some of them really can't at this point, but also what they need to make a run deep into the playoffs. Before we get into the deep weeds of the NBA playoffs, I first want to give a shout out to our social media pages. If you're not already following, you can find us on Instagram at Lots of Thoughts Sports, on uh, TikTok at Lots of Thoughts Sports, or on Twitter at LOT Sports Pod. Uh, you can go to our website, lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com. There you can access the podcast uh, via whatever platform you use. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, which is free, or you can access any of the social media accounts directly from that website. Without further ado, let's get into it. I want to just clarify something at the start. I know the title of this podcast is probably something like what every Eastern Conference team needs to do to win in the first round. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. But uh, I think more specifically, I want to talk about what each team needs to do to make a run. Uh, because we're a couple games into these series, some t- teams are even down 0-3, and uh, that's going to be hard to mount a comeback from, and, and maybe they just don't have the manpower maybe. So uh, I'm going to be talking about what they need to make a run, uh, not only just in this first round uh, or in the future. That also works for the teams that are up, you know, maybe two or th- three to zero, um, because they're really going to be able to win this first series pretty handedly. So uh, I'm more going to be talking about for them what they need to do to continue to win in the future rounds. Without further ado, I want to start with the one eight matchup. We have the uh, Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks. The Heat are currently up to zero as I'm recording this. I should put a, a, a clarification point in. I'm recording this just after 2.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so uh, by the time this comes out, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, you should uh, every game should be updated. Um, but I uh, just want to clarify when I'm recording this. So for the Heat, um, I think what this comes down to is Tyler Hero can't be their only scorer. And uh, he's been their best scorer so far. And he's probably their best in terms of pure talent. He's likely going to be the sixth man of the year. He's really put up impressive stats and bounced back from a year and change of him really disappointing. But for the Heat to really make a run, they need significant scoring production from one to two other sources. I think we've seen it so far in this series. In game one, uh, Duncan Robinson was a flamethrower. He shot nine of 10 from the field, eight and nine from three, had 27 points and uh, was really the lifeblood of that offense. And he's shown that he can do that, not necessarily every night, obviously, but um, when you need him to get going, that's definitely an asset that they could really use. And then Jimmy Butler in this most recent game, uh, oh, so far in this series, I should say, he's shooting 60% from the floor. Five and nine from three. He's plus 46 in the first two games. Uh, he had 21 in the first and then 45 points in the second. This was honestly probably his best playoff performance since the bubble. And I don't think that's a stretch considering uh, in last year's playoffs, they got handedly, I believe, swept or, or maybe they won a game uh, against the eventual champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Jimmy Butler looked really good. 
And uh, whether it's Butler or Robinson, or, or maybe it's getting someone like Kyle Lowry going, or Bam Adebayo really being aggressive, getting to the rim, uh, the Heat really need one of those players to really take a step up and be that second scoring option, or even the first scoring option, uh, aside from Tyler Hero, if they want to make some damage uh, in this postseason. Next up, we have the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, their key is to get Trey Young going. Uh, so far in this series, he's shooting 34% from the field, and he's two of 17 from three. That's just 12%. He's a minus 33 combined. Uh, more importantly, though, he's only averaging five and a half assists per game. And while it doesn't seem too bad, he did uh, have a season average this year of 9.7. He was the points leader and the assist leader in the National Basketball Association. He's really been the force to propel them this season. Uh, last year, you know, he was he was in a similar vein, but he's taken a step up this year and his defense has taken a step back. And so for this team to have a chance he needs to continue to be that force. And he hasn't been that so far this series. Not only does he need to match his season averages, I think if they want to have a chance in this series and in future rounds, he needs to take it up a notch from that level. Can he do that? I'm sure he can, uh, but the Heat defense is pretty stifling, uh, especially with Jimmy Butler on him a large portion of the time. But uh, I believe Trey definitely has the chops to be able to make that happen. He's probably going to be an MVP candidate in the coming years. He probably should have been this year if it weren't for such a deep uh, a group. Uh, but he really needs to get going if they want to have a chance. Next up, we have the two-seed Celtics versus the seven-seed Nets. Celtics are currently up 2-0. First game won on a buzzer beater. It was a, one of the best playoff games so far this year. Uh, but for the Celtics... I think Jalen Brown needs to take advantage of the South Curry matchup and become the second plus second best player on the team. Um, in game one, it was Al Horford. Uh, he was really uh, an animal on the boards, took advantage of being matched up on a smaller guy. And uh, I believe he had 20 something in the low twenties uh, in points that game. And, uh, in the second game, I think it was Grant Williams. Daniel Tice played well, but Grant Williams hit key shots when they were making their comeback in the second quarter that really helped propel them toward the end of the game. Um, and the first game, we had Seth Curry guarding Daniel Tice a lot. And Tice didn't take advantage of that, whether that be because of Yudoka's scheme, not really uh, you know, favoring Tice too much, or if it was just Tice himself being a little timid. Um, but they recognized that as an issue. The Nets did, and they switched uh, that matchup in game two, and he was on Jalen Brown a lot. Typically, the Nets lineup you know, features Kyrie at the point, Seth Curry at shooting guard, Bruce Brown and KD at some combination of small and power forward, and either Claxton or Drummond at center. Seth Curry is by far the weakest defender. Uh, Jalen Brown being on Jalen Brown is significantly bigger and being on Seth Curry is something he should take advantage of. Jalen Brown still averaged 22 and a half through the first two games. He shot less than 50% from the floor, less than 30% from three, and he shot 67% from the line. There were so many opportunities to really assert his physicality, assert that he is the second best player and be more of a difference maker in this series be more physical, prove his worth 
as, you know, a real contributor. And he still was, but, you know, there's so many times where he could have been even more of a difference maker. And if Kevin Durant is going to get going in these next two games and the rest of the series, that's something Boston's going to need if they want to finish Brooklyn out relatively early. And now to the Nets, I hinted at it, but Kevin Durant needs to play better. I think this is one of the easier ones to to come up with when I'm going through and and creating these pre-show notes. Kevin Durant played possibly one of the worst playoff games I've ever seen him play in round in game one. And uh, as a Nets fan, but also as an NBA fan, I thought uh, that that's not going to happen in game two. He can't play worse. So, you know, the Nets are going to have a decent shot to win game two and steal that from Boston. But he proved me wrong and he played worse. He's shooting 35% from the floor, two of seven from three with 12 turnovers through the first two games. That just can't happen. He's disrupting the flow. He's unable to play through the physicality of Boston's defense. I've seen a lot of people clamoring for Ben Simmons, you know, to help on the defensive end, be a distributor. He's definitely going to help in whatever minutes he's going to play, but he's not the answer. If Kevin Durant shoots 50% from the field or even 45 or 40% from the field, the Nets are at worst tied 1-1. They're at best up 2-0. And he's going to need to play like an MVP if they want to have a chance to come back from this. Next up, we have the 76ers and Raptors. 76ers are currently up 3-0. And for them... I have that James Harden needs to be the second best player. This is an example of a series where uh, this is more for the purpose of the 76ers needing to go far. Uh, I think they win this series no matter how James Harden plays, uh, but if they want to make a run, he needs to be the second best player on their team. In game one, he shot six of 17 from the floor with 14 assists. I would honestly say that was his best game so far. He got players around him going, especially Tyrese Maxey, who ended up having 38. Uh, In game two, he came out, only had 14 points, shot three of nine from the floor, one of four from three, only six assists. Really not a big factor overall. And then game three, he fouled out before overtime, had 19 points, seven of 13 from the floor. Uh, Not necessarily a bad game, but overall, not really an overwhelming series. Has he been bad? No. But has he been great enough to make a run? I don't think anywhere close enough. Um, Joel Embiid has bailed them out, not only with the, the game winning three at the end of overtime, uh, but he's been, you know, continuing to be his MVP self and Harden was acquired to raise their ceiling, not raise their floor. And, uh, in order for them to be able to do that, he needs to become the James Harden of old, not necessarily the James Harden in Houston. That's taking all the shots and, you know, being more of that heliocentric art, but, He needs to be the second best player, shoot well when he's needed, be able to get to the basket and set up other guys to get going, not just Joel Embiid. And then for the Raptors side, I think they really need to get Fred Van Vliet going. He's not playing poorly, uh, but he's shooting 35% from the field, 33% from three. He's a minus 43 so far in this series. Uh, He's averaging 17 points and seven assists. In a good first game, but I think he can be better. He's their leader. He's the, an all-star. 
Uh, and they're just so close to having this series so much tighter. Uh, and I think he's the piece that could step it up and make it happen. Players around him are playing well. Scotty Barnes obviously being hurt is a big detriment to them, both offensively and especially defensively. Uh, but I don't think they're as dead as a lot of teams that are down 3-0 are. Uh, I believe I had the 76ers winning this in six or seven in my preview episode. Feel free to check that out. That's still live. But um, I don't think the Raptors are as, playing as well as I thought they were, but I still think they can hang in there and win a, a game or two at the very least. Uh, if Freddie steps it up to the next level. And then lastly, we have the Bucks and the Bulls. Uh, Milwaukee and Chicago are tied 1-1. The Bucs are an interesting case. I'm actually going to start with the Bulls. Um, DeMar DeRozan needs to be the MVP he was for the first half of the season. In game one, he shot six of 25 for 18 points. That's not good enough. And so he came back out and shot 16 to 31 for 41. They need him to be the primary scorer. And uh, they were a really good team in the first half when he was that, when he was in the MVP conversation. And as he, you know, kind of slinked back, into more of a secondary scorer role wasn't as efficient wasn't as aggressive uh they really went from the first seed all the way down to six and it was one of the greater collapses and injuries played a part in that whether it be to uh, Lonzo Ball or Alex Caruso I believe Zach Zach Levine was out for a significant amount of time uh that you know that was certainly a part of it but DeMar DeRozan hasn't been the same and if he could play like he did in game two they have a good shot in this series um, he's the lifeblood of Chicago of that team and really of that city right now. Uh, so if he's able to get that going, that's a big boost for them overall. And the Bucks, I think they're the most interesting case out of all of those teams here to talk about. It's going to be tough without Chris Middleton, not only to win this series, but to make a run. And, um, you know, Giannis and Drew can certainly step up, but I don't think they completely fill the gap that Chris Middleton left. I think their role players need to star. That's, that's what I think they need to do to win this series. Bobby Portis has shown he could put up 20. I believe uh, he had a 30-point game versus the Nets this year. Um, let me see. Yeah, Brooke Lopez, he's shown he can score 20. He had 28 in the Bulls. Uh, and he just had 25 in game two. Grayson Allen, he could put up 15 to 20. He had 25 versus the Pelicans this year as his season high. Wes Matthews, I think he could give them 10 realistically. Uh, he had a season high 16 versus Houston. And Pat Connaughton, or Connaughton, depending on where you're from, uh, I think he can put up 15 if you need him. He had a season high 23 versus the Knicks. And obviously those don't need to all happen at once. That's an unrealistic expectation from a group of role players, but they need one or two of those to happen every night with Drew and Giannis continuing to play well on both ends of the floor for them to have a chance to really make a run. And I don't think they win a ring without Chris Middleton. I, I should say another ring. They obviously, I don't think win a ring last year either without Chris Middleton, but uh, in regards to this year and how it plays out, I think they need Middleton to come back eventually. But in order to, to survive until then, uh, they really need to get better play out of their role players. I believe he's supposed to be reevaluated in two weeks, which would take them easily past the Bulls series. And then maybe uh, even well into the next round against the Celtics or the Nets. 
Um, but uh, those role players can definitely step up if they need to. Um, but overall, I think if I had to choose one, I think Grayson Allen really needs to make a difference. I think he's the best shooter, not, uh, I should say, best non-star shooter on the team. And we've seen what he can do when he gets hot. Um, he's not an elite shooter. I wouldn't say that, but he's, he's definitely a very good shooter. And uh, he really can open up the floor for the rest of the offense. I thought there was a chance him or Connaughton was slot into the starting lineup instead of Wes Matthews when um, they traded Dante DiVincenzo. But uh, I think he can really make a mark if he steps up in this series. So that was the end of the Eastern Conference analysis, what every team needs to do to win their first round series and make a run. Uh, be on the lookout. The next episode, the Western Conference, actually comes out tomorrow, special two-episode, one-week uh, event we have for the playoffs. I wanted to split these up and, and give it a separate look, uh, mostly because of the way the schedule works out. Uh, the day you're listening to this is mostly Eastern Conference teams playing until the nightcap, so worked a little better for the recording purposes. Uh, but I want to thank you very much for listening. Uh, once again, if you haven't checked us out on socials at lots of thoughts, sports on Instagram at lots of thoughts, sports on TikTok, and at LOT sports pod on Twitter. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode and every episode. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.